This is the Ask Dr. Jill podcast, where Dr. Jill Wagner will have conversations and discussions designed to take the mystery out of medicine. Your next appointment toward living a healthier life begins right now. Hello again, everyone. Dr. Jill here. Thanks for taking time today to invest in your own health and healing. I've practiced medicine in the Dallas area for nearly three decades. If you would like to be a part of my practice, we'd love to have you. Contact information will be provided later in the podcast and also in the show notes. But for now, let's jump right into our content for this episode of Ask Dr. Jill. This episode is brought to you by WellAware Supplements. Every wellness plan should include strategic supplementation, vitamins, minerals, and herbal supplements that help you to achieve your health goals. At WellAware, being your health partner is of the utmost importance. We have high-quality, affordable supplements that will be delivered directly to your doorstep. So you don't have to stand in the drugstore or health food store gazing at seemingly endless shelves of supplements trying to make a decision. We make it easy, fast, and convenient. To start your strategic supplementation, go to askdrjill.net slash supplements and order yours today. So today I want to talk about the phases of vaccine development. And the reason I want to talk about that is all of you are aware we are in the middle of a pandemic. When people listen to this years from now, in some ways it will be a historical account of what happened because this really, guys, we are living through history right now. There's been a lot of talk about the vaccine development and how quickly these vaccines have been developed. And so there's a lot of controversy around did they skip steps and kind of what happens. But I thought it was worth us having a very brief discussion about the phases of vaccine development and how, in fact, a vaccine is developed. So I'm going to give you some information. You can look at some other things, but at least you'll know what the discussions are about. So before a vaccine can be licensed or approved by the FDA, which is the Food and Drug Administration, they are tested extensively in the laboratory and with human subjects to make sure that they're safe and effective. So the first thing that has to happen before any actual uh, testing begins on the vaccine, first the vaccine has to be developed. And so the researchers use computers. Now we have artificial intelligence and other things that can help scientists to map out the genetic information of whatever organism we're trying to fight. So the first thing you have to know what it is and what it's composed of, of what you're trying to fight. So first researchers use that computer generated information to predict what they need to do in order to make a vaccine. And then they use it to predict how the vaccine will interact with the human immune system. 
very important because before you do anything, you first have to figure out what direction you need to go in. Then the researchers test the vaccines. Once they formulated the vaccine, they test the vaccines on animals. And those can include things like mice or guinea pigs or rabbits or or monkeys, chimpanzees, whatever ever is appropriate. Now, there are people out there who think it is awful that these kinds of animals are used in testing. Uh, This is not an opinion. I'm just giving, I'm reporting the news. So after that, then the vaccine is approved to begin the actual testing. And so whatever company or group is now trying to get approval to start testing of the vaccine goes to uh, the FDA and they put in something called an investigational new drug application. So all of that happens before we even hear about the vaccine at all. So before the public even knows that it's being tested, that it that happens. So this investigational new drug application includes information about what the scientists have found so far. It includes information about the vaccine safety and its ability to elicit a protective immune response. So what happened in those early tests? Did the test subjects, which would be the guinea pigs or mice or whatever, did they develop antibodies, which is really the whole goal of what they're doing with a vaccine? And they also have to submit a testing plan. So all of that is looked at and reviewed, and then the company is given the okay to go ahead to start their actual trials. So a vaccine normally takes many, many years to develop, and you've heard this information that has been bantered back and forth between, I call them the talking heads, those are the people that are on the news uh, stations, and They've talked about how this was developed so quickly and what happened. Usually, the phases and the testing happen one after another. Um, And so you go through phase one and you go through phase two and you go through phase three and sometimes phase four. And then you submit for approval. And then after the approval, you begin the manufacturing of the vaccine. And that can take a long time. But what happened in this process, because uh, this particular vaccine is one that the world thought we needed quickly, a lot lot of those phases of the trial happened at the same time. And I think what's really important to know is that this vaccine or these vaccines, many of them were manufactured before all of the testing is done. Why did that happen? Because it usually takes years or at least a year for the manufacturing to occur They wanted to make sure, or the thought process was, let's go ahead and start the manufacturing process. 
And then once approval begins, we'll be ready to roll the vaccines out. So there are some people who have problems with that and and there's all kinds of controversies and opinions around that. But I just thought that you needed to know that information and then you can take that information and uh, do with it as you please. My grandmother used to say, take that and put that under your hat. So if you need to pull it out while you're trying to make a decision, you'll have it. But that's what usually happens. So there are four phases of vaccine development. There's phase one. In phase one trials, those are very small trials, and they usually involved somewhere between 20 or 100 volunteers, and they last a few months. And so what they do is give that very small group the vaccine. And the purpose of that small phase one trial is to evaluate the basic safety of the vaccine. Is anything going to happen? And uh, before they give it to a larger group and they can also identify any common reactions. So that's in a very small group. Phase one trials usually take several months or a year or more. Um, But this time that process, as I said, was kind of sped up. Then the next phase, of course, is phase two. I know it's brilliant, isn't it? So phase two trials are usually larger. They involve several hundred participants. And these studies can last anywhere from several months to a couple of years. The reason for that is anytime you give anything that is new to a larger group of people, you are more likely to see more reactions. So they go to a little larger group and they monitor those people. The data that's gained from phase two trials can be used to determine the composition of the vaccine and how many doses are necessary and what are the common reactions, those kinds of things. And actually, can we go larger? Is it dangerous to go larger? So you can see that normally this is several months, if not two years in the process, and they've been monitoring the people to see what happens. But this is how they determine, you know, do we need one dose? Do we need two doses? Can we give one dose 20 days later, or does it need to be six months later? That's when that's determined. Then there's phase three trials, and that's the next step. And unless the vaccine is ineffective or causes some health problems, Phase three trials are expanded to involve several hundred to several thousand volunteers. And typically phase three trials last for several years because the vaccinated group can be compared to those who have not received the vaccine, the researchers are able to identify true reactions. So this is where they have the placebo group, and then they have placebo meaning people who didn't actually get the vaccine, and then the group of people who who got the vaccine. So that's phase three, and sometimes that can last several years. But again, in the development of the current vaccine, that happened quickly. Then once all of those phases are completed, then the companies go to the FDA 
they present their information and that includes all of the data that they've gotten from phase one, two, and three trials. They've talked about what the uh, reactions were, if there were any. They've talked about the efficacy, if there was any. Uh, and then they get approval for either production of the uh, vaccine to begin uh, or they are told you've got to go back and do some other things. So after phase three, most vaccines get their approval and then the manufacturing begins. And remember I told you with the current vaccine, that's now not how things happened. They went ahead and started that manufacturing process. And so what would have taken another year or so now kind of all happened simultaneously. Then after phase Three. So that's after the approval has been gotten and now the vaccine has been manufactured and it's given to people all over the world or all over the country or, or whatever is appropriate. Then phase four, it's what's called a safety monitoring phase. That's ongoing even after the vaccine is approved or after, in this case, the vaccine, the FDA gave an emergency use approval, meaning that we need this so quickly that uh, we're going to give emergency use approval. Well, that happens, but safety monitoring continues. Even after the vaccine is licensed or recommended for public use. So that means those people that were in trials, they may continue to be monitored or they continue to monitor the general population as we receive those vaccines and they watch to see what happens. So that's when they are testing every lot of vaccines. They are recording those vaccines. They're looking for things like, you know, temperature and you know how we have to make sure that they are arriving at the sites that they are arriving all of those kinds of things. And in addition, during this phase, they're looking for rare side effects. Because you, if you can imagine, if you only have a few thousand people uh, receiving a vaccine, you'll see some side effects or some reactions. But when you start to get millions of people, that increases the likelihood that some, some uh, reaction will occur that you were not anticipating or the scientists were not anticipating anticipating. And so during that safety monitoring phase, they continue to watch for those rare side effects and any delayed reactions that may not happen until months or years out from the initial vaccine. So that's what happens under normal circumstances in the development of a vaccine. I think it's important for you to know that information because if you know that information, then you are able to look at what has happened in this current situation and just make a decision about whether uh, this is good for your family or it isn't. But I do think knowing the information is very important. So when you have a conversation, at least you will know what you're talking about. Well, again, as usual, I hope this has been helpful to you. 
And I really, really appreciate you joining me for this. If you've enjoyed this information, make sure you like, subscribe, and share it with the people that you know. As always, thank you for joining me for the Ask Dr. Jill podcast. To stay connected, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, as I said, or that you follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all that Ask Dr. Jill. I hope this episode has brought you one step closer to living a healthier life. If you are looking to become a patient in my practice, please visit our website at askdrjill.net and follow the instructions that tell you how to become a patient. Or you can call us at 972-298-2099. We will also have this and other great information listed in our show notes. Until next time, blessings to you and those you love. And I will chat with you at your next Ask Dr. Jill podcast appointment. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for care by a doctor or other qualified health professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help on your journey to wellness, seek assistance from a qualified medical professional. It is important that you have someone in your corner that is qualified, trained, licensed health practitioner, helping you make the health changes you desire as you venture toward the healthiest you possible.